Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. International News Review. Good morning. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. Glenn Van Zutphen with you on the International News Review. Bill Porman, uh, journalist, podcaster, here to uh, help me out today. Bill, welcome. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Great to have you here. Yeah, and we're Facebooking live right now. So hello, everybody out there. So what, on your Facebook account, Bill Yes, on my page. So uh, at Bill Porman is the page on Facebook. So if you go there now, you can see it. You can see the magic of radio right as it happens in front of your very eyes. Um, Truly amazing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting. Hey, uh, let's uh, start with um, – I've got it up here on the screen right now. This amazing site of ladders being put up against the wall outside the U.S. ambassador's residence in Seoul and kids scaling. A whole bunch of them got over the wall, <laughs> went over the wall, yeah, uh, and then were arrested, I think, 19 altogether. This is uh, – this is nutty. I'm surprised that the Marine Guards didn't just shoot them. Well, <laughs> right. And in other countries, I think, where we have similar kinds of arrangements that maybe would have happened, yeah, but yeah. not in South Korea. Well, this this is a protest against the continued American presence. Of course, uh, as anyone living in Southeast Asia or East Asia knows, we have a significant military presence spread across the region, and it has been controversial uh, at different times and really in an ongoing way. And every once in a while, it flares up. But this is truly extraordinary to see people scaling the walls of an embassy. Yeah, uh, kind of an amazing thing. The Seoul police – now, also, I I will just mention no one was injured. The ambassador was at a reception at the Blue House, which is their – of course, their presidential palace um, at the time. So nobody entered the house, the residence. uh, Nobody was injured, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, there was no – um, there was no uh, physical harm to anybody, but just just to see people actually going over the wall. I would imagine pretty quickly we're going to see some razor wire or something on the top of that wall because mm-hmm. right now it's just kind of a decorative uh, – it's a high wall, but it's a decorative wall. So I don't – I wouldn't imagine that's going to stay very long. But we're not going to see a ban on ladders. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe you have to sign some sort of a thing, what you're going to use the ladder for yes. when you actually buy yes. it. Yes, very precise. Uh, but yeah, anyway – Crazy. Hey, uh, next up, let's talk about the Hong Kong protest. Now, yeah. this the Civil Human Rights Front loses appeal against the police ban on a march that's scheduled for today. Uh, they're going to, but people say they're going to press on in a personal capacity. Right. So the Hong Kong police actually have been pretty good about agreeing to permits for protests in the course of these past 20 weeks. Um, but now we're saying, you know, that they're not going to approve this one today, but that's really not going to stop anybody. No, they're planning to go ahead with this in an environment where everyone, frankly, is on edge. Even between protests, day in and day out now, there are incidents of violence that are occurring against protest organizers uh, and against police. Um, Random things, like one of the organizers of this group, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the leaders, uh, someone came up and slashed his abdomen and his throat. Yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So this violence is getting more personal, more widespread. Um, Now, I'm told by friends and colleagues that we have in Hong Kong Mm. that you can still get around, uh, that you can still live your life there, uh, that maybe the images are overblowing some of this. But, boy, these kinds of incidents happening over this kind of events is is 
pretty startling. Of course, we've seen a couple of um, of protesters who've been shot yeah. uh, in recent weeks. This is the first time that I have heard of where there has been this kind of protester on protester violence. And uh, the young protester who was stabbed was, I believe, 19 years old, a student. And then the guy who did it was a 22-year-old, uh, reportedly shouted, you know, we will always belong to China or something like that uh, as before he stabbed this uh, protester. Uh, so clearly the, the tempers are flaring. But yeah. this is interesting to see the protester on protester violence. Of course, we saw it in Yunlong uh, several weeks, uh, what was it, a month and a half or two months ago now, uh, when those white-shirted protesters right. beat up a bunch of people in the, in the MTR station. And it's a bit unclear whether the police were stopping them from doing so. <laughs> which, there were questions which, at the time, yeah, yeah, right? which, which is fueling whole, some of this absolutely. because people are upset with the police response. People are concerned that uh, they're either not being protected or that there is some cooperation amongst the people who are uh, committing acts of violence against the protesters. And then the police, of course, deny this and, and the government is trying to make sure that violence doesn't occur. Uh, it, it's a messy situation. Okay, uh, let's move on. Another story we've got is uh, is uncertainty over the trade uh, trade uncertainty as our global economic risk has been heightened. The International Monetary Fund estimating that the U.S.-China trade war has taken a Switzerland-sized bite out of the global economy. And, and we kind of knew that there was a lot going on, but to yeah. see it quantified like that is big. Well, in, in the U.S., the Federal Reserve uh, is preparing to cut rates if it needs to in order to respond to a slowing economy in the U.S. Uh, there was great concern recently when the Q3 figures came out for China that growth had slowed to 6%, which is at the complete low end of what they would like to see in terms of growth. So everyone is expecting China to take special steps to boost their economy. Uh, here in Singapore, the headline recently was avoided a technical recession, which means two continuous quarters of contraction. But Singapore's economy is feeling this as well. The The trade war is spreading across the globe as the potential for a global recession. Uh, now, of course, as we know, officials see this coming. This yep. shouldn't be a surprise. So they're going to take the steps necessary, whatever they have in their toolbox to avoid that. But adding, it just adds, right, to this whole dimension of what we have going on with kind of social political uh, conflicts. Sure. If you add an economic downturn, uh, that could be especially tough. Well, across the world, we're seeing a lot of unrest uh, happening for a lot of different reasons. And clearly, as one, um, as you mentioned, adding the economic component into it, when people start feeling it in the pocketbook or on their shelves at home with a lack of food or not right. being able to afford housing, uh, it can get ugly pretty quickly. Right. What's your take on uh, earlier this week, the announcement and, and late last week uh, from, the, from the White House that everything was on track with the U.S.-China trade talks and, uh, you know, they did the Chinese – Vice Premier was in the in the in the White House, yeah. doing this grip and grin, uh, happy happy shot. Do you sense from what you're reading and seeing that that this is really going to lead to something? First of all, verifiable, mm -hmm. but also positive in the short term or medium term. Well, I'm glad you leaned into verifiable because <laughs> yeah, right. the uh, the Trump administration announced that this uh, deal of a sort had been reached, but the Chinese government never came out and confirmed it. Right, right. So it's hard to say that it's a deal if the two sides aren't talking about it in equal terms. 
but it is it's difficult to say, right? They're both facing their own sets of domestic pressure to get a deal done. Uh, President Trump is looking toward his election. Uh, the Chinese government is trying to keep the economy going at a rate that sustains them as well. Everybody wants this, but will anything substantive come out of it? Mm. It's not at all clear that uh, the Trump administration especially will land anything substantive yeah. coming out of a deal with China right now. Everybody kind of knows they've got something on the other person. Yeah. So where's the pressure to do it? So the, you know, one of the analyses I was reading was, you know, the Chinese would just wait it out mm. and see who comes up uh, the winner in the 2020 elections. Uh, the assumption there being that if uh, Trump is not reelected, that they might get a better deal with the Democrats. Um, of course, the, the president has, has sort of alluded to the fact on a number of occasions, if you don't do it now and when I when I win, he says, uh, you know, then it's really going to be a hard it's going to be a hard slog. I don't know. Do you sense that the that the Chinese are giving up their sort of play the long game strategy and, and going in for something now? Or is it just a an interim step to keep things kind of humming along, but in the end might not necessarily mean much? You know, you want Where's me to read the yeah, mind of it. the Chinese government. <laughs> I will get in Very a, good point. a long line of decades, if not centuries or millennia of people. Darn uh, it, Porman, I have you on the show to give me some real advice. So come on, you know, get uh, that crystal I, ball out of your bag. I saw you bringing it in. Yeah, today. right, right, right. Um, <laughs> you know, in terms of, I guess the only thing I would say to that is the long game. So, and it yeah. is really a long game. We are over a year away from this election, assuming... The Trump presidency makes it that long, and maybe we can talk about the latest developments on that in yep. just a second. But uh, either way, it would be the Trump presidency via Mike Pence, mm. right? So this election is more than a year away. That is a really long time, yeah. especially if the economy starts to slow. So I really think that the pressure is on to move more quickly rather than less quickly. For the Chinese or for well, for the Chinese, for Trump, right, but. right, right. Well, we were talking specifically about the Chinese. Sure. You don't want to go a year where this is threatening your plans to keep the economy going along. But then again, they have played the long game in the past many, many times. Uh, so maybe they could stick it out. Now, this is all happening as the Fed is looking at possibly looking at another rate cut, which I'm sure would please the president. Yes. Um, but, you know, one has to wonder, you know, officially they're, go they're going into a, a meeting in two weeks time. And to talk about this other rate cut, it's already – I mean the money's almost free as it is. Yes. <laughs> right. It, well, this, so this is the thing. The Federal Reserve, this is still a legacy from the financial crisis back in 2008 where mm -hmm. the Federal Reserve kind of used up a lot of its uh, juice, right, uh, salvaging the U.S. economy from that. Uh, and they've got a little bit here, but it might ultimately turn to fiscal policy in order to do yeah. something within the U.S. where we take on even more debt. But, of course, we've got a pretty heavy debt load right now. Mm. It, it is hard to envision in the U.S. context exactly where the resources would come from. Yeah. But, of course, if you can borrow money at practically zero percent, <laughs> why can't you take on more debt in that context and then pay it off? Well, so, and we've seen a massive ballooning in, in, the, in the national debt anyway in the last uh, two, two and a half years. Uh, so that is something that certainly fiscal conservatives, including many Republicans, do not want to see a trend they do not want to see continuing. Right. And of course, you got to worry about inflation and everything Unless else. Unless it's tax cuts. Unless it's tax cuts, right. <laughs> 
that's okay. <laughs> then it's all right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness. There's so many things we could say about these things, but it's probably better that we don't. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> At least until we turn off the Facebook yes, Live. Yes, right, right, right. Uh, with Bill we'll Portman. Have to, we'll have an after-hours version. <laughs> <laughs> with Bill Portman here on Money FM Weekend Mornings. Glenn Van Zutphen with you. Of course, talking about our international news review. Okay, let's look at... Uh, yeah, you know, the typhoon, right, in Japan yeah. uh, a week ago just absolutely knocked that country on its off its feet. And even now they're trying to pick up the pieces. And another bad storm has just come through as well. So they had more rain, not as bad as last weekend, but it's really been a hard go. And, you know, the one story that I haven't seen covered is what happened to the reactor water at Fukushima number two. Oh, that's a good question because that is one of the areas that's gotten heavily hit. And, and they were worried last weekend as the storms were coming through what was what the impact would be. They've got millions and millions of gallons, tens of millions of gallons, I believe, of contaminated reactor water that they're already running out of storage space for. And, of course, this is from the tsunami uh, that, that slammed in and shut down uh, 2016, the right? reactor there. Was I'm it? trying to remember the exact year, yeah. uh, which, of course, led to a meltdown uh, and all kinds of radioactivity and evacuation of the area. And now it gets more flood water, uh, which could lead to that material leaking again. But you're right. I have not seen a follow-up on that. But there is, there is more rain coming to these areas. Mm. There's two typhoons out at sea. Uh, that are still coming. This one that hit last weekend, the worst storm uh, in more than 50 years. It's really been hard on the on the Japanese uh, people and economy in this past week. When we see all of these uh, natural disasters come, I mean, one cannot help but think, you know, this was what was predicted by people that were uh, talking about climate change. Storms would become more frequent. They would become stronger. They would, you know, cause a lot of trouble in that regard, we would have had storms anyway, but now we're looking at the intensity and frequency uh, going up. Right. So this, you know, I still try to live by the weather is not the climate, right? So sure. any given storm or any given natural disaster, you can't necessarily instantly attribute to climate change. But absolutely, when it comes to typhoons, the models anticipate that these storms are just going to get more intense and more frequent. And of course, when you see a storm like this, it's hard to avoid the obvious conclusion. If you needed more evidence that we should do more <laughs> internationally to try to constrain our carbon emissions and mm. take control of what we have so far. Um, and of course, many countries were willing to do that, right? Many countries were yep. willing to step and step up and do that sort of thing. And the U.S. chose to go the opposite direction uh, under the Trump administration. So yep. right now, one thing I think about is where is climate leadership going to come from on the global stage, right? And it's not obvious, right? Uh, because uh, China could step into that role. And I, ha I think has to a certain degree stepped into that role of climate change leadership. But of course, they have an economy to grow. So they're only willing to go so far on that if it constrains their ability to mm. serve their own people. So, um, yeah, we're in a challenging environment geopolitically when it comes to uh, doing what we can to rein in these kinds of storms and natural disasters. Yeah. Bill Porman, journalist and podcaster, thanks so much for being with us again today on Money FM Weekend Morning International News Review. Always great to have you here. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.